Section 14 of The Reconciliation of Races and Religions by Thomas Kelly Chain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Qurratul Ain. Among the heroes of God was another glorious saint and martyr of the new society, originally called Zarin Taj golden crown but afterwards better known as qurratul ain refreshment of the eyes or jinab tahere her excellency the pure immaculate she was the daughter of the sage of qazvin haji mullah saleh an eminent jurist who as we shall see eventually married her to her cousin mullah muhammad her father-in-law and uncle was also a mullah, and also called Muhammad. He was conspicuous for his bitter hostility to the Sheikhi and the Babi sects. Qurratul Ain herself had a flexible and progressive mind, and shrank from no theological problem, old or new. She absorbed with avidity the latest religious novelties, which were those of the Bab, and though not much sympathy could be expected from most of her family, yet there was one of her cousins who was favourable like herself to the claims of the Bob. Her father too, though he upbraided his daughter for her willful adhesion to, quote, this Shiraz lad, end quote, confessed that he had not taken offence at any claim which she advanced for herself, whether to be the Bob or even more than that now i cannot indeed exonerate the sage of Gazvin from all responsibility for connecting his daughter so closely with a bitter enemy of the bob but i welcome his testimony to the manifold capacities of his daughter and his admission that there were not only extraordinary men but extraordinary women qualified even to represent god and to lead their less gifted fellow-men or fellow-women up to the heights of sanctity the idea of a woman bob is so original that it almost takes one's breath away and still more perhaps does the view modestly veiled by the hoji that certain men and even women are of divine nature scandalize a western till it becomes clear that the two views are mutually complementary indeed the only difference in human beings is that some realize more and some less or even not at all the fact of the divine spark in their composition qurratul ain certainly did realize her divinity on one occasion she even reproved one of her companions for not at once discerning that she was the pebbler towards which he ought to pray this is no poetical conceit it is meant as seriously as the phrase the gate is meant when applied to mirza ali muhammad we may compare it with another honorific title of this great woman the mother of the world the love of god and the love of man were in fact equally prominent in the character of Qurratul Ain and the glorious one, Al-Abha, 
had endowed her not only with moral but with high intellectual gifts it was from the head of the sheikhi sect haji seyyid kazem that she received her best-known title and after the seyyid's death it was she who see below instructed his most advanced disciples she herself indeed was more advanced than any and was essentially like simeon in saint luke's gospel a waiting soul as yet it appears the young shiraz reformer had not heard of her it was a letter which she wrote after the death of the seyyid to mullah hussein of bushraway which brought her rare gifts to the knowledge of the bab hussein himself was not commissioned to offer qurratul ain as a member of the new society but the bab knew what was in man and divined what the gifted woman was desiring shortly afterwards she had opportunities of perusing theological and devotional works of the bab by which says mirza jani her conversion was definitely effected this was at karbala a place beyond the limits of persia but dear to all shiites from its associations it appears that qurratul ain had gone thither chiefly to make the acquaintance of the great Sheikhite teacher, Sayyid Kazem. Great was the scandal of both clergy and laity when this fateful step of Qurratul Ain became known at Qazvin. Greater still must it have been if, as Gobineau states, she actually appeared in public without a veil. Is this true? No, it is not true, said Sobhi Azal, when questioned on this point by Brown. Now and then, when carried away by her eloquence, she would allow the veil to slip down off her face, but she would always replace it. The tradition handed on in Baha'u'llah's family is different, and considering how close was the bond between Baha and Qurratul Ain, I think it is safer to follow the family of Baha, which in this case involves agreeing with Gobineau. This noble woman, therefore, has the credit of opening the catalogue of social reforms in Persia. Presently, I shall have occasion to refer to this again. Mirza Jani confirms this view. He tells us that after being converted, our heroine, quote, set herself to proclaim and establish the doctrine, end quote, and that this she did, quote, seated behind a curtain end quote. we are no doubt meant to suppose that those of her hearers who were women were gathered round the lecturer behind the curtain it was not in accordance with conventions that men and women should be instructed together and that horrible to say by a woman the governor of karbala determined to arrest her but though without a passport she made good her escape to Baghdad. There she defended her religious position before the chief Mufti. The secular authorities, however, ordered her to quit Turkish territory and not return. The road which she took was that by Kerman Shah and Hamadan, both in Iraq, the latter the humiliated representative of Ekbatana. 
Of course, Qurratul Ain took the opportunity of preaching her gospel, which was not a scheme of salvation or redemption, but certain subtle mysteries of the divine, to which but few had yet been privileged to listen. The names of some of her hearers are given. We are to suppose that some friendly theologians had gathered round her, partly as an escort, and partly attracted by her remarkable eloquence. Two of them we shall meet with presently, in another connection. It must not, of course, be supposed that all minds were equally open. There were some who raised objections to Qurratul Ain and wrote a letter to the Bob, complaining of her. The Bob returned discriminating answers, the upshot of which was that her homilies were to be considered as inspired. We are told that these same objectors repented, which implies apparently that the Bob's spiritual influence was effectual at a distance. Other converts were made at the same places, and the idea actually occurred to her that she might put the true doctrine before the Shah. It was a romantic idea. Muhammad Shah was anything but a devout and believing Muslim, not destined to be realized. Her father took the alarm and sent for her to come home, and much to her credit, she gave filial obedience to his summons. It will be observed that it is the father who issues his orders. No husband is mentioned. Was it not then, most probably on this return of Qurratul Ain, that the maiden was married to Mullah Muhammad, the eldest son of Haji Mullah Muhammad Taqi? Mirza Jani does not mention this, but unless our heroine made two journeys to Karbala, is it not the easiest way of understanding the facts? The object of the sage of Qazvin was, of course, to prevent his daughter from traversing the country as an itinerant teacher. That object was attained. I will quote from an account which claims to be from Haji Muhammad Hamami, who had been charged with this delicate mission by the family. Quote, I conducted Qurratul Ain into the house of her father, to whom I rendered an account of what I had seen. Haji Mullah Taqi, who was present at the interview, showed great irritation and recommended all the servants to prevent this woman from going out of the house under any pretext whatsoever, and not to permit anyone to visit her without his authority. Thereupon he betook himself to the traveller's room and tried to convince her of the error in which she was entangled. He entirely failed, however, and furious before that settled calm and earnestness, was led to curse the Bab and to load him with insults. Then Qurratul Ain looked into his face and said to him, quote, Woe unto thee, for I see thy mouth filling with blood. End quote. Such is the oral tradition which our informant reproduces. In criticizing it, we may admit that the gift of second sight was possessed by the Babi and Baha'i teachers. But this particular anecdote respecting our heroine is, may I not say, very improbable. To curse the Bob was not the way for an uncle to convince his erring niece. One may, with more reason, suppose 
that her father and uncle trusted to the effect of matrimony and committed the transformation of the lady to her cousin mulla muhammad true this could not last long and the murder of taqi in the mosque of qazvin must have precipitated qurratul ain's resolution to divorce her husband as by mohammedan law she was entitled to do and leave home forever it might however have gone hardly with her if she had really uttered the prophecy related above evidently her husband who had accused her of complicity in the crime had not heard of it so she was acquitted the bob too favoured the suggestion of her leaving home and taking her place among his missionaries footnote nicolas amb page two seventy seven at the dead of night with an escort of barbies she set out ostensibly for khorasan the route which she really adopted however took her by the forest country of mozandaran where she had the leisure necessary for pondering the religious situation the sequel was dramatic after some days and nights of quietude she suddenly made her appearance in the hamlet of badasht to which place a representative conference of bobbies had been summoned the object of the conference was to correct a widespread misunderstanding there were many who thought that the new leader came in the most literal sense to fulfil islamic law they realized indeed that the object of muhammad was to bring about an universal kingdom of righteousness and peace but they thought this was to be effected by wading through streams of blood and with the help of the divine judgments the bob on the other hand though not always consistent was moving with some of his disciples in the direction of moral suasion his only weapon was quote, the sword of the spirit which is the word of god End quote. when the qa'im appeared all things would be renewed but the qa'im was on the point of appearing and all that remained was to prepare for his coming no more should there be any distinction between higher and lower races or between male and female no more should the long enveloping veil be the badge of woman's inferiority the gifted woman before us had her own characteristic solution of the problem so doubtless had the other bobby leaders who were present such as quddus and baha'u'llah the one against the other in favour of social reforms it is said in one form of tradition that qurratul ain herself attended the conference with a veil on if so she lost no time in discarding it and broke out we are told into the fervid exclamation quote, i am the blast of the trumpet i am the call of the bugle End quote. that is like gabriel i would awaken sleeping souls it is said too that this short speech of the brave woman was followed by the recitation by baha'u'llah of the surah of the resurrection seventy five such recitations often have an overpowering effect the inner meaning of this 
was that mankind was about to pass into a new cosmic cycle for which a new set of laws and customs would be indispensable there is also a somewhat fuller tradition qurratul ain was in mazandaran and so was also baha'u'llah the latter was taken ill and qurratul ain who was an intimate friend of his was greatly concerned at this for two days she saw nothing of him and on the third sent a message to him to the effect that she could keep away no longer but must come to see him not however as hitherto but with her head uncovered if her friend disapproved of this let him censure her conduct he did not disapprove and on the way to see him she proclaimed herself the trumpet blast at any rate it was this bold act of qurratul ain which shook the foundations of a literal belief in islamic doctrines among the persians it may be added that the first fruits of qurratul ain's teaching was no less than the heroic quddus and that the eloquent teacher herself owed her insight probably to baha'u'llah of course the supposition that her greatest friend might censure her is merely a delightful piece of irony footnote n h pages three fifty seven to three fifty eight and footnote i have not yet mentioned the long address assigned to our heroine by mirza jani it seems to me in its present form improbable and yet the leading ideas may have been among those expressed by the prophetess if so she stated that the laws of the previous dispensation were abrogated and that laws in general were only necessary till men had learnt to comprehend the perfection of the doctrine of the unity Quote, and should men not be able to receive the doctrine of the unity at the beginning of the manifestation ordinances and restrictions will again be prescribed unto them it is not wonderful that the declaration of an impending abrogation of law was misinterpreted and converted into a license for antinomianism mirza jani mentions but with some reticence the unseemly conduct of some of the Babis. There must, however, have been some who felt the spell of the great orator, and such an one is portrayed by Madame H. Dreyfus in her dramatic poem, God's Heroes, under the name of Ali. I will quote here a little speech of Ali's, and also a speech of Gurratul Ain because they seem to me to give a more vivid idea of the scene than is possible for a mere narrator footnote god's heroes by laura clifford barney paris nineteen o nine page sixty four act three quote, soon we shall leave badasht let us leave it filled with the gospel of life let our lives show what we sincere mohammedans have become through our acceptance of the bab the mahdi who has awakened us to the esoteric meaning of the resurrection day 
let us fill the souls of men with the glory of the revealed word let us advance with arms extended to the stranger let us emancipate our women reform our society let us arise out of our graves of superstition and of self and pronounce that the day of judgment is at hand then shall the whole earth respond to the quickening power of regeneration qurratul ain deeply moved and half to herself i feel impelled to help unveil the truth to these men assembled if my act be good the result will be good if bad may it affect me alone advances majestically with face unveiled and as she walks towards baha'u'llah's tent addresses the men that sound of the trumpet which ushers in the day of judgment is my call to you now rise brothers the quran is completed the new era has begun know me as your sister and let all barriers of the past fall down before our advancing steps we teach freedom action and love that sound of the trumpet it is i that blast of the trumpet it is i exit End quote. on the breaking up of the council our heroine joined a large party of Babis, led by her great friend Quddus. on their arrival in nur however they separated she herself staying in that same district there she met subh azal who is said to have rendered her many services but before long the people of mazandaran surrendered the gifted servant of truth to the government end of section 14 recording by nicholas james bridgewater recorded in oxford england